Hey y'all, before we start today's episode, I just want to let you know that today might include some light spoilers for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I know this is a movie that was highly anticipated for a lot of people going into this, especially for the holiday season. So if you haven't seen the movie, I suggest that you might as well just watch the movie first and then come back to this one. Uh, I just figured that, you know, it's uh, better to talk about the movie with some, you know, uh, at least some context as to what had happened. Uh, in the movie, as well as the context of what some listeners ha- are referring to in their own reviews as well. So, uh, once again, once you've seen the movie, that's great. Come back and let's hang out. Otherwise, on with the show. In the inevitable span of our lives, we leave behind a love that will always be remembered by those that knew us. The hope that we can have in this life is leaving the ones we love knowing that their love is what remains. In today's episode, I reviewed a film about a nation affected by the loss of the one that they loved and forging a new future together. I'm your host, Christian Ong, and that's my cue. Welcome back, cuties, to another episode of That's My Cue, your one-stop podcast to get the latest reviews in all things TV shows, movies, albums, and games. As always, I'm your host, Christian Ong, your busy boy, because boy, is this week busy. Uh, I have so many things to talk about uh, today, and I am excited to bring this episode in full force for ya. But, you know, uh, this week is also the new release the new release week for the new pokemon games and you know your boy's going to lose a lot of sleep during the thanksgiving season uh you know we're we're doing thanksgiving for the first time this year with Kate's family so my family is going to party with Kate's family and you know your boy is going to eat so much good steak some good turkey even though I'll be honest turkey is i if if we're going to rank uh, you know, like Thanksgiving foods, I would say turkey is probably like D tier just because turkey is super dry. And you're going to say like, I know, but there's like all the, you know, the cranberry stuffing and and whatever stuffing that you're putting into the turkey. It does not matter because the turkey is dry and I don't like it, especially when it's just the four of us, you know, my, my sister, my mom and my dad growing up, uh, we rarely finish a whole turkey just because of how ding dang dry that bird is but i'm ready to kind of tackle it on after years of not having eaten it with kate's family because i think it's gonna be a lot of fun but your boy is also gonna party with pikachu and all of uh, my friends in the new pokemon games yeah i kind of said it like a like a nice old old school 80s rap hello this is my own game and there's yeah, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm talking about right now. But speaking of Pokemon, I know we're going to do the currently uh, segment at the end. I just got to say that this past week for the anime has been absolutely insane. If you have watched the Pokemon anime at any point in your life, in your childhood, and you're someone like me that grew up with it back in the 90s, this is kind of a monumental moment, and personally, I think that the Pokemon uh, anime is going to be ending at this point in the next few weeks. 
Um, yeah, so if you aren't familiar with the news, Ash Ketchum, the main character of the Pokemon uh, anime, has finally achieved his lifelong goal of becoming a Pokemon master in the sense of winning this major tournament and earning the title himself. Uh, it was a phenomenal um, episode just through, you know, a technical level with its animation. You have also the raw emotional moments with uh, Ash and Pikachu just sharing that bond. And I think it was a beautiful, mo uh, you know, um, point to end that final battle with Ash and Pikachu who started it all. And I suggest that you look up the fight on uh, YouTube stellar animation once again and it is just an episode for the ages and i think it was a real treat for the fans but second piece of evidence is that the uh, show is going to end with a final episode um of this saga titled pokemon um it was nice to meet you or something like that which is a a reference to the initial episode of the anime where it was pokemon i choose you so I think it's going to be a nice 25-year roundup for uh, this show. Uh, it's definitely bittersweet when you think about it, but, you know, end, end of an era. And I think it is uh, a, a very befitting ending for this show. But the show's not over just yet. We're going to be talking all about one of the most anticipated movies uh, of the year for me. And I know I say that about almost every Marvel movie, but dang it, I, I definitely mean it about this one. And uh, I think I mentioned it in previous episodes as well, but when this trailer dropped for this movie, I swear it is probably one of the best trailers for a movie that I've seen in a super long time because I think it just really captures the entire emotion and... Um, thesis of the movie without giving away too much and i think that upon watching the movie uh, uh, as a final product it did a very good job of doing so so let's go ahead and dive right into it as we talk all about black panther wakanda forever released on november 11th 2022 directed by ryan coogler this movie stars letitia wright angela bassett winston duke lupita nyong'o denai guerrera dominique thorne and Tenoch uh, Huerta. Burdened from the sudden loss of T'Challa, the highly advanced nation of Wakanda struggles to cope from the absence of both their king and protector. As four nations worldwide race to obtain sources of vibranium, a once unknown nation amongst the seas starts to rise to the surface, seeking to wage war in order to protect their home. Now at odds with the conflict, Princess Shuri must decide whether this new nation's leader is an ally of Wakanda or a dangerous foe. With the sudden, real-life passing of Chadwick Boseman, fans of the MCU collectively mourn the loss of a contemporary hero. And much of that love and somberness is definitely present within the opening moments of Wakanda Forever. Director Ryan Coogler guides audiences to a far more grounded and emotionally present story this time around further expanding the moral dilemmas that were introduced in the first film, while also exploring the trauma and weight of mourning through Letitia Wright's character. Subsequently placing Shuri at the forefront, who was once a supporting comedic character, is by far one of Wakanda Forever's greatest strengths by showing this complex internal battle that she has within herself. 
Now, burdened with the responsibility of what it may mean to lead a nation, the film makes a clear distinction between the moral responses between Shuri and her late brother when it comes to the diplomatic leadership that is required of her, while also mirroring uh, his journey that we've seen in previous films of the MCU. Tinoch Huerta delivers with his performance as Namor, who, despite opposing Shuri's quest to strike peace with his nation, is less strictly defined as a sinister villain and rather more as an antagonist due to the circumstances at hand. In fact, Huerta is both noble and honorable and is perhaps one of the most emotionally rich antagonists that the MCU has had within the entirety of Phase 4. Yet, while both of its main characters serve as a conflict of ideologies, it is Angela Bassett's performance that stands out with some phenomenal work within her scenes, brings some of the most heavy-hitting monologues within the film's pivotal moments, along with Denai uh, Guerrera uh, having a solid arc that tests the limit of her character's integrity as well. However, the film sidelines other major actors such as Winston Duke and Lupita Nyong'o with a far more scaled-down involvement in the story. Within the film's daunting two-and-a-half-hour runtime, uh, much of the plot is more or less maintained by some decent pacing, only to find itself inconsistently bogged down by some long, drawn-out scenes, only then to brush through other expositional scenes such as Namor's backstory that gives little room to explore his motivations. Furthermore, the film also begins to set up multiple projects for the future of the MCU, something that was an issue with Iron Man 2, in which it was establishing movies like the, uh, uh, the Avengers. All of this takes away from the main story at hand, with some scenes that could have been more or less condensed to help better suit the film. Yet, the film on a technical level is a far better improvement on the visual effect end of things compared to its 2018 predecessor, as well as some other recent MCU releases as well. Ludwig Göransson's score is by far one of the best works that he's ever put out, with some beautiful themes interweaving throughout each scene that resonates with the heartbreakingly felt moments. Moreover, the film's costume designs is some of the best that it's ever been with some incredibly designed outfits for both Bassett and Huerta. Black Panther Wakanda Forever is a sequel that further expands the world of the MCU and serves as a poignant farewell to its late star while also looking towards the future and establishing a story that further explores the themes it had touched on in the past. Its pacing is without a doubt uneven at times, but its lead performances and expert direction helps carry the film to become one of the strongest entries in the MCU's canon to date. And I'm going to give this movie an 8 out of 10. And you can watch this currently in theaters. But of course, there's going to be a future release on Disney+, Plus, so be sure to check it out when it drops then. Because I know I definitely will, but man, it is it is a long movie. Uh, it's one of those movies that you really kind of have to strap in for, but I think it is definitely one heck of an emotional ride. But let's go ahead and take a quick break, and when we come back, y'all, you really came out through uh, this week, and I can't thank you enough. We have so much uh, to go through as we dive into some things that I'm currently into, as well as our listener review segment as well. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Today on our episode, we're talking all about Black Panther Wakanda Forever, and we have one heck of a listener segment for you today. But before that, let's go ahead and dive into some things that I'm currently into. 
Uh, up first, we have Rogue Legacy 2. This is a game that I just downloaded on my Switch not too long ago. And I gotta admit, I'm not a big fan of the roguelike uh, genre in general. Is it roguelike or roguelite? I think I've heard it both ways. But anyways, um, I, I, like, I, I've been a big fan of Hades. Hades is one of my favorite games of all time. I also like Loop Hero as well. Rogue Legacy 2 has kind of that Metroidvania kind of aspect to it, which is something that I normally don't get down with. And I think that's kind of the uh, encompassing thing whenever it comes to that genre, especially with roguelikes as well. So I don't know. It just always felt like it was too niche. And also, I just feel like every indie uh, video game studio just kind of puts out a game like this. But Rogue Legacy 2 is actually surprisingly fun. I, I do like a lot of the quick progression that you uh, get as you go through the game. And it's just easy, kind of, in the sense of just, you could just pick it up, put it down, and you feel like you've done a lot within maybe the 30 minutes that you've played. So, I definitely think you should check it out. I think it's going to be kind of a sleeper game of the year, um, you know, nominee for me. So, I think you should... Uh, Maybe give it a, a bit of a time of day if you need some new Switch games to play. Up next, we have Zen, Grogu, and the Dust Bunnies. So this is a three-minute short that is exclusive on Disney+. Plus. If you're a big fan of Grogu from Star Wars and you're like a big baby Yoda head. Uh, and also, <clears throat> like you, you also love uh, Studio Ghibli. This is surprisingly one of the most unexpected collaborations that I would have, you know, predicted because uh, this is a Studio Ghibli short and that really in, kind of has a bit of that crossover between Grogu and the Dust Bunnies from, you know, I think Spirited Away or whatnot. I think they're also in, was it Princess Mononoke? I could be wrong about that. But, you know, I think it is a nice, cute little short didn't really need to exist at all just because there's not really much that happens, but it's very cute. Um, I hope that maybe we will get another season of Star Wars Visions with, uh, I know that the next season is going to be um, like a non-anime focused season where a bunch of different uh, studios all over the, the world is going to be, you know, putting their hand on the ball when it comes to Star Wars. But I would like to also see maybe like a full 20 minute episode uh, that was animated by Studio Ghibli because I think that'll be really cool. But what do I know? I, I, I would like to see that happen, but that's just a dream for a dream. Up next, we have Reboot, which is a Hulu original show that stars Keegan-Michael Key and Johnny Knoxville. It also has a bunch of other good cast members as well. It's a workplace comedy that I am definitely... Uh, I feel like it's target audience for because I'm a big sucker for workplace comedies in general. I feel like you have a, a nice uh, localized uh, setting with also a bunch of different um, personalities kind, kind of clashing at the center of it. But it's also a nice uh, show that kind of speaks to the meta commentary about um, Hollywood readapting uh, an old television show for the sake of maybe cashing in on the nostalgia while also maybe reinventing how we saw those characters in the sense of maybe uh establishing how much they've grown while also using the actors to kind of find themselves after x amount of years of being away from that uh show as well 
So it's not entirely inventive with its jokes, but I think that the comedy does land because of how strong the cast is. Uh, I recommend maybe watching at least the first three episodes. The first episode just at least you know, establishes everything that needs to happen, but I think that the real meat and potatoes of it gets, uh, you know, it gets really good as you go further along. And I am actually excited for a season two. I didn't think I would like it. I feel like whenever it's a streaming platform exclusive comedy, it's very hit or miss. And I know that uh, Hulu hasn't had a lot of great success in that department with their comedies, just because I'm just thinking off the top of my head uh, of their um, their launch with How I Met Your Father. But I digress. Reboot, definitely something to watch as well. And finally on my currently list, we have Mini Motorways, another Switch game that I've been playing. And this is kind of an addicting game, y'all. I know there's nothing boring uh, nothing more boring than talking about city planning, right? And if you're a city planner that is listening to this, uh, you know, podcast, sorry about that, uh, you know, for, for calling your job boring, but you got to admit it's kind of boring. But this game kind of makes the, the concept of it pretty fun. You're essentially, you know, uh, creating, you know, uh, roadways for your city by connecting, you know, points A and B, uh, and they're all color-coded, and your I your your whole point is to go through each map, uh, based on several real world cities like Manila, Hong Kong, L.A., and trying to create the most efficient, um, you know, city map uh, that allows traffic to go from those uh, intersecting points that you've created, while also uh, creating like a bunch of different highways establishing you know roundabouts wherever you can it becomes really complex as you go further along and it's very arcadey in that sense and it is a lot of fun it gets kind of uh repetitive after a while and also a little bit of time to get used to when you're just booting it up for for the first time but it is definitely a fun little idle game to just play on my downtime so i i enjoyed the heck out of it and i think you might uh you know you might want to check it out if you also need just a lighter game than something like Rogue Legacy 2 where you just want to kind of play it casually and you can also just have the TV on and not focus on the game too heavily. And yeah, that's currently on uh, that's what's currently on my list. Can't wait to hear what you guys have. Always let me know uh, with a bunch of different suggestions. But let's go ahead and dive into some listener reviews. First off, we have eight reviews today. So it is going to be a beefy segment, but serving like the first person that's serving up the beef, we have Jade the Bard, you know, just just playing on their little lute. Uh, Jade the Bard writes, Wakanda Forever is a visually stunning picture filled with action and many tear-jerking moments. Needless to say, this film really taps into core emotions as it continues the legacy of King T'Challa and pays loving tribute to the beloved Chadwick Boseman. Though the movie may lack a bit in character development, it has all the elements of an enjoyable MCU film and creates a solid new foundation for the stories to follow. I am excited for the future of Black Panther movies as they uh, navigate this new path for the characters. Wakanda forever. And yeah, Jade, by the way, I think I might come up with a new, you know, uh, honorific, a, a, a new title for you, if you will. But 
I will admit that the future of the Black Panther movies is looking pretty bright. I have no idea where they're going to go. For the longest time, I thought they were going to introduce Storm into the MCU uh, through this movie and have uh, Chadwick, you know, interact with her just because in comics, T'Challa and Storm end up getting married. Uh, So now that everything's been changed and uh, you kind of have Letitia right now at the center of it all, I, I have no idea where everything's going to go. And that's kind of why I kind of pause just now, because it is kind of exciting to think that the future of Black Panther movies can go in a multitude of different ways. Up next, we have Nick, who wrote, Beautiful tribute to the great Chadwick Boseman, which is kind of in all caps. Overall, had a pretty fluid plot. It was cool to see Shuri take on a bigger role, including the mantle. What stood out to me, though, was Namor. I loved him. The Mayan and Aztecan influence uh, was well thought out and very beautiful to see on screen. His character was so complex, just like how he is in comics, to see him switch up his moods going from calm and collected to threatening and powerful was like the perfect combination. Angela Bassett also killed it. This woman ages like fine wine. She honestly would have made a really great storm if they'd done a a live-action X-Men. She probably had the most powerful role in the movie. M'Baku also had a really great arc following his role from the first movie and his minor appearances in Infinity War uh, and Endgame. Only person I really didn't care for was Ironheart. If her character takes inspiration from Iron Man and Tony Stark, they could have touched on that more. To me, she was just an easy character to use because she's smart. The cameos were dope. Hopefully this means uh, more of them in the future. Not recasting Chadwick will always be a a question of what could have been, but with how they ended it, it leaves a new chapter to be written. 8 out of 10. And yeah, Nick, I think that uh, Angela Bassett does really make for a great uh, fan cast for Storm. I I think she really has that gravitas, and I'm glad that she's in the MCU regardless, so that's super cool. Uh, M'Baku was uh, really good in this movie. I think he really takes on a nice mentor role in a way that uh, I feel like feels natural for his character from where we left him off at the end of the first movie and seeing him kind of pay respects to T'Challa slash uh, Chadwick in that res- uh, regard by acting as uh, a guide for Shuri. I will admit, I wish I saw more of M'Baku because he's one of my favorite characters from those movies. But yeah, uh, Namor was super great. Tenoch Huerta really brought his uh, A-game his a in, in regards of really setting the tone and presence for this character because Namor is kind of a complex character that is a bit of an anti-hero at times. Sometimes he's a ally of the X-Men. Sometimes he's also an enemy of the X-Men. But uh, yeah, I like that they didn't just, you know, full-on call it Atlantis. They didn't even refer to it as being the lost city of Atlantis, and they just called it uh, its own thing as Talokan. And having this uh, aspect of Mayan and and Aztecan aesthetics just really embedded in it made it really, really good. So I, I, I was pleasantly surprised with that, and I really enjoyed that as well. Our next review comes from Hilton, who wrote... Ryan Coogler has done it, took a really tough circumstance, and still wrote a poignant, touching story that weaves reality into itself. I think this will be another success on his already impressive list. And 
I didn't go into it expecting to like it. This movie convinced me to like it. Short and sweet, and I think is beautifully said. Uh, I think that uh, Ryan Coogler has... I feel like he rarely misses. I don't think that there's been a movie that I've watched from him that I did not thoroughly like. So uh, I think Ryan Coogler has a very nice eye for the emotional center of his movies. And uh, he knows where to kind of anchor the big, you know, emotional beats uh, with specific characters and really pulling out the most from his actors to get those uh, raw emotions as well. So... Yeah, I I was I was going into this movie indifferent. I was I I didn't know necessarily what to expect. I was excited for how you know the movie would um, evolve from this uh, tragedy, but uh, I I didn't want to go in expecting too much. And by doing so, I also agree, Hilton, that the movie convinces me to enjoy the heck out of it as well. Up next, we have Kate the Wise. You know Kate. Kate wrote, Wakanda Forever was a really well-done movie by Marvel. I am picky with superhero movies, but I have to say that the parts that paid homage to Chadwick were the best part. I think because I've also experienced loss, it hit home for me. I can't wait to watch it again. My only critique is that it felt slow in some parts and the fighting scenes felt repetitive after a while. Meanwhile, I thought that the end of the battle was anticlimactic. Overall, I'd give Wakanda Forever a 7 out of 10. Like I mentioned in my review, there is a lot of slow moments in Wakanda Forever that could have been trimmed down and a little more tightened up, but I think that the parts that are really engaging are really engaging. There were a lot of moments for me that I feel like um, it just kind of idly took its time to get by, but if you think about it, the first Black Panther movie was kind of like that as well. I feel like that Every MCU movie more or less kind of has specific genres that it tries to tackle, like the Guardians of the Galaxy movies and the recent Thor movies are more comedy heavy. You also have uh, the Captain America movies as political thrillers in that sense and kind of like a a bit of espionage just splashed into it as well. I would say that the uh, Black Panther movies are more or less very political drama heavy. Like you have these... Uh, greater uh, world conflicts that it has to tackle and address in the sense that it is also addressing these foreign affair issues uh, with the world at at large and how it interacts with that. So I I can understand why Black Panther takes its time uh, with, with these sort of scenes, but I will agree that it also kind of ends with sort of a very rushed ending, if you will. Like, I feel like the third act just kind of kicks into gear. There's a lot of things that don't necessarily make sense with the plan that Wakanda had in terms of the fight itself. But yeah, I think that uh, once the fight ends, it just kind of rushes towards the end, which is weird for a movie that is this long, you know. But yeah. Our next review comes from Carlos, who wrote, my quick review is that the uh, this movie franchise, Black Panther, is Marvel's best success in emotional connection to its audience. African and Latin uh, cultures can connect immediately. It continues its tradition of giving audience an anti-hero that is second to none. Namor stole the show, but that is not to say that Shuri did not come into her own, and Angela Bassett as Queen Ramonda was an acting masterpiece. 
The movie did not feel as if it was almost three hours long due to its uh, perfect navigation of acknowledging Chadwick Boseman's death off camera, paying homage to him and his efforts as Black Panther, and audiences can translate that to his works as a person off Hollywood as well. And this uh, movie also furthers, uh, further builds a whole new world in the MCU and introduces at least two to three story arcs to build off in the future. Um, yeah. Uh, for, and then also he uh, gave this movie a 12 out of 10. The first 12 out of 10 ever on this show. So that's awesome. And 1,000% recommend. So, Carlos, thank you so much for that review. And, yeah, I th- you know, I think if you don't mind having the movie set up these uh, individual storylines, because I know it's setting up uh, the Ironheart TV show that's coming out on Disney+. Plus. It's also setting up the Thunderbolts movie that's going to be coming out next year. I think that... Uh, phase four is really kind of a culmination of establishing what the future is going to be like. I know everyone's like, what's the point of phase four? There's no overarching story that's been carried over from, you know, each title. But I think the theme of, you know, legacy and and passing the torch is the whole point of it all. And I think that this movie did a very uh, nice job of doing that. Uh, I also hope that we see more of Namor and Talakan in maybe his own solo film or maybe like a Disney Plus series. I think it would be nice to kind of flesh that world out a little more as well because we don't really know the full extent of, you know, how technology works with Talakan. Like what kind of other um, aspects do we need to know about that world? And I feel like, you know, having enough time to spend with Wakanda and knowing how that nation works and... uh, I think it would be a, uh, there's a lot of room to kind of play around with with Namor's story as well. Our next review comes from Wes the Slayer, who wrote, "The passing of Chadwick and the grief of his real life loss is uh, intimately and also by the way, this is from Wes the Slayer. Anyways, uh, the passing of Chadwick and the grief of his real life loss is intimately and completely felt throughout the movie. The flashbacks to him within the film had me in tears each time." It was a feat by Marvel, the writers, and director Ryan Coogler to put forth this affecting film, honoring the late icon and conveying the message of moving forward. I enjoyed the major concepts and storylines the characters were dealing with. Namor and Talakan versus Shuri and Wakanda is an engrossing conflict. The opportunity of delving into this main plot uh, line was hindered by the need to flesh out side characters who I felt weren't needed. Perhaps they needed to set up uh, for their own Disney Plus shows or something. This movie definitely presents larger-than-life heroes that you need to suspend your disbelief for. Action scenes are kinetic, and the world of the MCU keeps building uh, in a larger, positive direction. Although I recommend watching it uh, even to the casual theater-goer. However, I feel like it uh, fell below my expectations. 7 out of 10. And that's fair as well. I I do agree that if you are... um, you know, someone that hasn't really watched a lot of MCU films and you've maybe missed a few, I feel like you could go into this movie more or less understanding uh, what's going on. It doesn't really touch on too many things that happened in Endgame. It references it, but it also doesn't feel like required watching before this movie. Because I think you, you can definitely understand where each character is at in their lives at that point in time. So... I think that is also a good point to make as well. Our final review, we're almost at the finish line, (laughs) comes from the homie Austin who wrote, So overall, I think this is a great film, 8 out of 10. 
with beautiful cinematics, great storytelling, with not too many pacing issues. It differentiates. Uh, it differ. Man, this is a hard word to say, and I have to read it now. Uh, it differentiates itself from the first film by keeping visuals more grounded. The strongest part of this uh, film is how it keeps the audience locked in from the emotions it invokes from the opening segment of loss, grief, pain, etc. Personally, think it was a great decision by Coogler to start the film off with paying respects to the death of Black Panther and effectively Chadwick. I think the cast, especially Letitia Wright, does wonderfully showing how much she is weighed down by the loss of Black Panther. I honestly got choked up a lot. Uh, we also get a lot of balance from multiple characters, which makes this feel like an ensemble cast versus just one protagonist. I think we got a great introduction to Riri Williams, and I do appreciate the parallels to the introductions of both Iron Man and MCU Spider-Man, and provided enough comic relief without going over the edge to campiness. Namor was wonderfully portrayed by uh, Tinoch Huerta, and for the most part, captures the spirit of Namor in the comics. Talokan was beautiful and loved the parallel visuals we get for Talokan and Wakanda. To sum that up, not the origin I necessarily wanted, but one I didn't know that I would want. Uh, I appreciate the changeup. Uh, I think we got a pretty good antagonist origin here with some good motivations, and I think that it it's just a testament to Kugler's uh, storytelling skills. In my opinion, one of the best an antagonists in the MCU in the Black Panther films. The film ends with a fair resolution, and though I wish there was a T'Challa recast, I appreciate a Shuri Black Panther as well. She is good enough for me. And though it wasn't necessary, I was more than okay with T'Challa uh, having a big reveal at uh, at the... Uh, in in his final moments in this point of the, the movie. I'm trying to avoid some major story, uh, story spoilers. I'm trying to like, you know, weave and navigate through through this. I'm going to kind of like live edit in my brain as I'm talking right now. But okay, back to Austin's review. And I was holding in so much tears after seeing Shuri break down already. Uh, yeah, Austin, I think that the uh, parallels that you mentioned really helped elevate Riri uh, Williams is uh, inclusion into the story. For me, I feel like she was one of those characters that uh, is was really you know purposeful when she was uh, introduced into the uh, scene that they needed her to be in. But then anything after that, it felt like she was just kind of there. But that's okay too. I think Dom Dominic Thorne really made the most out of it, and I think she's going to be a, a great lead in her own show as well. So I can't wait to see that as well. But yeah, y'all, that's today's episode. Kind of a doozy. But if you want to share your thoughts on the show, maybe you weren't able to send your own thoughts for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, and you want to talk about this movie with me, and I'd be more than happy to read uh, future uh, you know, uh, reviews that you send to me in a future episode as well. Feel free to hit me up on Instagram at That's My Q Podcast or on Twitter at Q Podcast. You can also email the show at That's My Q Podcast at gmail.com where you can send all sorts of different suggestions on what I should review next. And like I said, if you want to share your thoughts for this episode or maybe uh, any previous title that I've covered in the past, always send that in and I'd be more than happy to read it on the show as well. Speaking of reading things on the show, it's been a while, but let's go ahead and, you know, maybe suggest a show to a friend. And be sure to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. All this helps boost attention for the show. Every now and then, I'll check on uh, Apple Podcasts and see if anyone left a review. So if you want to let me know what you think of the show, 
leave a nice five-star rating first of all and let me know what what do you what do you like about the show what do you think it, it can be improved more than happy to uh you know get that feedback and it's always exciting to read a new entry for that as well but of course i gotta thank j1k for the use of their music captured soul from the school days b tape which you can find on j1kmusic.bandcamp.com next week's episode i'm gonna be talking all about you know, man, how many uh, albums is Drake going to be dropping? But I'm going to be dropping my own episode for uh, Drake and 21 Savages' new uh, album, Her Loss. And as always, I'm going to leave you off with a quote. And this quote comes from none other than the movie itself. And I think it is very poignant to uh, the intensity that Teno, uh, that Teno Chuerta brings to the table. So I'll try to do it. A bit of justice, but here we go. This place is amazing. The air is pristine and the, and the water. My mother had told me about a place like this. A protected land with people that never had to leave. That never have to change who they were. What reason did you have to reveal your secret to the world? Once again, I've been your host, Christian Ong. And... That's my cue.